This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, good morning, Charlie. And good morning to you, my fuzzy friend. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, uh, Or furry can friend. You, can you see the uh, I can. little scruffy beard here? I saw you this morning and I said, I wouldn't want to run into you in a dark alley. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank all the... Now, I, I, I won't start naming people, but... No. Uh, I've already sent thank yous personally to them for uh, supporting me in my cause. To, Movember. Movember. Cause. To support men's health in many, many areas. Uh, ah, who cares be, about men? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't get a donation for that. <laughs> I was going to sure. say, yeah, you yeah. Haven't, haven't seen a donation from me, have you? <laughs> no. I'll send but one, I promise. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I'm, I'm well over $1,200 uh, collected so far. Wow. And in fact, my uh, my daughter uh, in Sarnia, um, Natasha said, well, "What's your goal?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good question. Point. I should. So I've set a goal of three thousand dollars based on what I've raised so far. She said, "That's doable." Mm-hmm. So if anyone would like to help out in my uh, quest to raise that amount of money for uh, some wonderful health concerns, uh, just go to Movember Canada online, and you'll see a donation box there. Enter my name, and away you go. And that's Frank. P-R-O-C-T-O-R. O-R. That's right. Just to you're, be clear. You're good. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was taught by the best, just well, to be clear. Now listen, you. Phone uh, numbers. Oh, yeah, This okay. is The Garden Show. Oh, yeah. We do show. like to cover off a lot of social issues, but, okay. but this is The Garden okay. Show. Right. And we would love to hear from you for any of your garden, you know, ch- challenges or successes. Exactly. Because it's a, it's a good time of year to talk about something. All right. Anywhere in the province, toll free. Here's the number: one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Then anywhere in the town, town city, four province in this, oh, sorry. In this the exchange local four one six three six zero zero seven forty. If you happen to be a first time caller, let Carlos, our operator, know. Yeah. You're going to hear that before you get to the air. That's getting your garden wings. And uh, the old mantra is call early, call often. One question per call. Please try to keep it to that. We, you know, sometimes. And, and you can always call back. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what we know is that sometimes, the, yep. often at the beginning of the show, it's a bit slow. So, I mean, call early, get that first question in. That's and right. if you call right back, you yeah. just might be right back on the you air. You got it. Now, you, I was given an edict, <laughs> uh, several, when we came into the studio this morning. Charlie said, now look, I want to talk about planting bulbs and I want to let folks know, don't put the hose away and all that stuff. Well, I just okay. sometimes I know you, you know, you get chatting. Barely and, way through, yeah. So, I just wanted to let you know, I had a couple of topics I wanted to. <laughs> address. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> Strange. Show, it is, yes. <laughs> Hard to remember that sometimes. <laughs> Nevertheless. Uh, okay, really, yeah. really important. Okay. Uh, the, the most important thing is, and, and the reason I bring this up is because I fell for it. It got quite cold. Remember, a week ago, 10 days ago, it got to well below zero. Uh-huh. So being a you know smart on-the-ball person, I went around, I 
disengaged all my hoses. I emptied all the water out of the hoses, coiled them all up, put them in the garage, you know, turned off the water outside. Right. And now we're into double digits. And, boom. and lots it's of sun. Again, and at my place, lots of wind. So I, my gardens are all newly planted. Mm-hmm. And I keep trying to explain to Elliot, there's a difference between an established plant and a newly planted yeah. plant. You have to look after newly planted plants more carefully and with more um, attention to detail than we do with established plants. Yeah. So here's all these little shrubs and perennials. And the poor little things are limp. They're lying flat on the surface of the soil. And we've had so much rain. Yeah. I'm in shock. So there I am dragging out the hoses, <laughs> putting them back on the house, turning uh, on the water yeah. and watering. So don't put your hoses away yet. Everything needs to go into winter well watered, particularly our evergreens. Very so, good. All right. Let's hold off. You know, I understand we've had some cold blips, so that's fine. But don't think, ah, I put away the hose. I can't be bothered to pull it out. Pull, pull it, it out. out. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah, we've got to go to a break here, right? Okay. I'm, now I'm, I'm really looking for direction, boy, because uh, <laughs> I feel if I step one, one step the wrong way, I'm in trouble. Not <laughs> at all. Come on. <laughs> nah, no, you enjoy kidding. my teasing. I, I do. I do. <laughs> all right. We're back. When I say we, Charlie Dobbin and her little minion, Frank Proctor. The sous here on the, the, of the garden. It's the garden show <laughs> on Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie. Let's go to the phone lines and say hi to Evelyn calling in from Burlington. Good morning, Evelyn. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. I uh, have a bougainvillea Mm -hmm. that I purchased this spring. And uh, it was trained to be a little tree. Nice. Well, it's six foot high now. Oh. <laughs> and I want to know how far do I have to uh, cut it back before I put it away. So how much of that six feet is stem? How many feet? How many feet? Yeah. Well, it, it's got to be five feet. Oh, okay. And then the top foot is where all the, the leaves are? Yeah. And it's blooming. It's still blooming. Aww. So when you say put it away, where do you put it? Where do you plan well, to I'm put gonna, it? I hopefully uh, my niece is going to take it to her place. I mm. live in an apartment. Right. And this is out on a balcony, and the the tree is up to the top of the roof. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> That's great. So you've obviously done some things yeah. very well. Uh, what, I, what I would do, you know, if it's... I'm just trying to imagine this. So we've got five feet of naked, empty yeah. stem, followed with about a foot of green and flowers on the top, like a lollipop, basically. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the thing you can do is you can trim back bougainvillea at any time that makes sense. Usually right after it does a whole bunch of flowering, we'll cut it back quite hard because the new growth is where the new, more flowers will form. But when you've only got a foot in height of leaves, you're obviously not going to cut that all off because then you would have an empty stem and then the plant would die. You have mm-hmm. to leave some leaves on it. Okay. So, depending on what vehicle your niece drives to transport this via- this plant to her place, she's going to have to lay it down in her vehicle anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, you could obviously take down a few inches, like take the whole thing in by a few inches. You're going to take the flowers off if you do that, but it's not going to shorten the plant substantially. So, it's a bit of a challenge. You can't really lower the height a lot. Yeah. Um, and then well, I lower, sh- lower, lower than it was when I got it, like it was about three feet tall when I got it. Right, so as it grew three feet this last summer, were you cutting all the green off the stem at the bottom? 
No. Okay, I'm Never confused. cut anything off. So you're telling me it's got five feet of stem with no green on it whatsoever. Oh, it's all green. Oh, it's all green. Okay, okay. It's all green. It's, it's all leaves. Oh, okay. Uh, so you said it's trained like a little tree. So I, has, I had an envision that it had a trunk on it. No. Okay. No. <laughs> so it's like a bush. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It's that big. You know what? You can do, you can trim up to uh, two feet down, I'd say, at this time of year. Uh, in the spring, you can be more radical and take off as much as a third of the plant okay. at this time of year. Or even, you know, in spring, even a half of the plant, you can trim it down or have wherever, mm-hmm. over winters, have it trimmed down in the spring. But for now, don't even do anything too radical because the plant is slowing down. But mm-hmm. certainly, yes, you can certainly take a third down all around from the top and the sides. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for and calling. And good luck with that move. That sounds really... Uh, that sounds yeah, re- like let us know how it survives. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're, they're great little plants. Okay, thanks, Evelyn. Big plants. <laughs> uh, there's Sandra in Etobicoke. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, Charlie, Frank. Um, I kept some bulbs from bulbs that I had in the house in the spring. Yeah. I dried them off. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they're actually trying to shoot. Mm. I'd like to plant them again to have in the house. Normally I would plant them in the garden, Mm -hmm. but this year I thought I'd like to do it for the house. What should I do? Okay, so here's the scoop. If a plant, if bulbs have been forced, we call them forced when they're little pots, they've been artificially refrigerated to give them a winter and then bloom after they come out of the refrigerator and we buy them very impulsively in January, February, March because they're so bright and cheerful. So they're forced bulbs. You cannot force them again. So I can plant, I can put them in the garden. Yes, you can plant them in the garden and they will come up next spring in the garden. Mm-hmm. But I've you, done that in the past. Yeah, it's but always worked. don't try and force them again. If you want some bulbs inside for yourself this coming winter, mm-hmm. pick up some bulbs at your local garden center and do, do, and do the forcing yourself. Get a little pot, some fresh potting soil, plant them up, uh, put them in a dark-colored water once, dark-colored bag into the fridge for about eight, ten weeks. Bring them out, and they will start blooming on your windowsill. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for calling. Thanks for Thank joining you. us this morning, Sandra. We've got a good-looking day. In fact, the whole darn weekend looks fantastic. It does, doesn't it? Oh. So, good thing, because the wonderful segue from what Sandra's call about bulbs. Yeah. Guess what? Guess what I'm doing this weekend? What? Oh, you've got thousands of bulbs you're going to be planting? Well, I, I had about a thousand. I've planted yeah. about 500. Oh my gosh. But the, the great part of the story is that yesterday, uh, my colleague and friend Caroline DeVries, who runs Trade Winds International, which is the trade, uh, bulb site to buy for the, for, um, wholesale, but it's, she also runs flowerbulbsrus.com oh, yes. yeah. as a retail bulb selling site. So she, she's had a, a crazy year. She said she's absolutely out of bulbs. That's wow. Everybody's gardening this year, yeah, right? Well, with uh, the pandemic. You that, know. That's right. So everybody's still gardening is kind yep. of the point. And some of the wealthy people who would normally be getting on their yachts for the winter aren't doing that. So they're spending tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> oh, on bulbs. Man. So it's been a great Wonderful year for her. For her. Yeah. But she did bring what she had left over to Durham College yesterday. And my 21st year, first semester students and I and her planted up a whole bunch of really nice 
nice bulbs oh. on the campus. Oh, isn't that great? So that's very fun. She also brought a few little bags for me to add to my inventory that I still need to plant. So I'm just looking forward to this beautiful weekend because that's what I'm going to be doing. I've Good got for you. lots of spots to get bulbs okay. in. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Well, Charlie's getting busy. We're going to get busy with more calls in just a couple of moments later. Remind you of the phone numbers. Here we go. In uh, Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Charlie Dobbin shall return in moments here on Zoom Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie Dobbin and yours truly, Frank Proctor, delighted to be spending this Saturday morning with you. Uh, and that includes Lorraine out there in Cambridge. Hi, Lorraine. Um, I have the pay that I need, that needs to be spent. Whoa. And uh, is your, excuse me, Lorraine, is your radio on? Yes. Could oh, you, you turn the radio down, down just because we're getting feedback? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, there we go. Okay. Thank now, you. I have two peonies that need to be split. Mm-hmm. I know this is probably it's not the right time, but could I do it um, in the spring? Wait a minute. Did you say peonies? Yes. No, this is the right time. Actually. Uh, oh, okay. Now, my neighbors, I'm going to give some to my neighbors. Mm-hmm. And um, so do I dig up the whole plant mm-hmm. and then split it or, dig it or chop it in half? <laughs> no. Better. How long has it been where it is now? About almost 30 years. Okay. So, uh, and you're in Cambridge. The only, you're, t- you're a little bit late. The, the trick with something like peonies, because they bloom in the spring, yes. we do our digging and dividing in the fall. Right. So we always do our digging and dividing opposite with flowering plants. So fall is the right time to do it. The issue is that it's already November. Yes. Uh, in a best case scenario, you would have dug these, the peony up yeah, more like mid-September. At that time, you would dig, you get a fork. And if it's 30 years, it'll be a very large, I it'll know. be huge, actually. And you want to get the whole thing up out of the ground, if you can. And then you let it sit up on top of the ground for a couple of hours and it will be a little uh, easier to divide at that point and then right. yeah it's a sharp knife and it you can uh, you know that size tuber can be turned into probably 20 or 30 plants but you just want to split it in half the main thing is is make sure each piece has an eye it's like a potato right it's got eyes and then the um off it goes to your neighbor the other one stays where you are maybe you put your half back where it was but i would take advantage of that opportunity supplement your soil with some organic material preferably some you know nice rich compost or um well composted uh, or you know manure something like that because the peony would really like that and then of course you'll also plant it at the same level it was growing which is higher than you expect you should see the just the the surface of the tuber at ground level once it's been replanted in order to set flowers. Um, But um, so now, because we're at November 7th, there won't be, there's only maybe, I mean, if you can wait till next fall, I would wait till next fall. If you have to do it this year, do it this year, but do it today. And the sooner you do it, the sooner those roots are going to get established. And then the plant is in a good position to get through the winter, no problem. If I do it in the spring, it won't get flowers, but will it be alive? Would it be okay? It would be, yeah, you can do it in the spring, but yes, indeed, you will have absolutely no flowers right. next spring if you do that. 
All right. Thanks very much. Okay, You're Lorraine. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, I have a, an email here from uh, Alicia. I believe she's in uh, Buffalo. No, I think that's... Oh, or is that her last name? I, I, that's her I was name. confused myself. I looked at Gee, uh, does she mean Alicia in Buffalo or her last, I, is her last yeah, name? Yeah, hard to say. Hmm. Well, whatever the case, you know who we're talking about, Alicia, <laughs> right? She says, hi, Charlie. A while back, I wrote you about my amaryllis, which was old and living in the basement. Uh, it had flowered, but was in need of staking and light green in color. I took it into the house by a south window and gave it extra light, as you suggested at the time. It was dying off as usual. I thought I had two bulbs and one dead, one which I planned on replanting when it went fully dormant. Uh, anyway, I figured due to the old age of the bulb, uh, they were uh, overcrowded. Uh, well, anyway, the plant started getting green shoots again. It's greener every day, bigger and stronger. Now I have about five shoots and it's growing like a weed. Mm-hmm. Should be dying off for all its history, but it keeps growing. What do I do now? Okay. There is a photograph on the back. I'm not okay. sure if you saw it. So a couple of things are going on here. So this is a, a originally planted as much as 30 years ago. Uh, we had discuss, I had discussed this, I think, via email with Alicia that, uh, to, I see, I would use that same pot. I, I don't think it needs a bigger pot. What it needs is the amaryllis bulb yeah. does not want to be completely buried in the soil. Most, we usually think about, you know, bulbs underground, but amaryllis is a bit unusual. We put about two thirds of the bottom of the bulb under the soil and a third, top third of the bulb sticks up above the soil. So these are planted too deep. So what I'd be doing is I'd pull that whole mess out of the pot, clean up all that old soil because that's Mm going to be 30 year old potting soil, scrub the pot, have some fresh potting soil on hand, get some fresh soil into the bottom of the pot, get the bulbs back in there and water thoroughly. Now, the thing with amaryllis and is that it's originally from South Africa. So from an amaryllis's perspective, we are going into summer right now. We are not going into winter. So it very normally blooms in the summer, which is in South Africa mm-hmm. now, which is why if you were to plant amaryllis now that you purchased at the store, they're going to bloom in the next, you know, couple of weeks for you. So that, that's perfectly normal. When it's actively growing, as it is in this picture with lots of green leaves, um, the, the challenge for Alicia is it, it, it's unlikely to bloom. Oh, well, there's two things. One is you can just let it be a house plant. Let it yeah. grow forever and ever and ever. Never force it to go dormant. Keep it in your southern window. Water as necessary. You're going to have lots of floppy leaves. And every now and then a flower will pop up. Right. So that's an option. Option two, let it go dormant. No water, no light. Just put it somewhere dark Mm -hmm. and dry and forget about it for eight weeks. Then pull it out of that dark, dry situation, put it back in your sunny window. New shoots will grow again. And at some point in that process, flowers should grow. So what we try and do is we enjoy flowers around Christmas time. We have green leaves right from Christmas right through till August. And those green leaves fatten the bulb up to set another flower for the next Christmas. So you've got to get that plant on that cycle, which obviously we're not really on right now. So I'd be inclined to just let it keep growing in your window till next August and then shut it down. You may have a flower in the meantime, but get it repotted. Yeah. Oh, it keep in, keeps in form whether it does flower or not during all that time. That yeah. sounds fantastic. They're it? beautiful. Yeah. Amaryllis are so... I mean, I was telling the students about amaryllis yesterday when Caroline was there. She brought her catalog. It's They're just such um, a great... 
easy bulb to, to grow. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's a horticulturalist when they plant an amaryllis. And you know what? Even if you don't plant it, they'll grow anyway. You know, <laughs> Caroline told the story about sticking one under her bed and forgetting about it. And it grew under her bed and it was flowering. That, that's my kind of bulb. Exactly. Self, self-administered. It totally looks after itself. <laughs> All righty. Hey, let's say good morning. I wonder if it's as nice in Midland as it is in mm, Toronto probably. this morning. Joanne is up there. Hiya, Joanne. Welcome to the show. Hi. Morning. It's a lovely morning here in Midland. Great. You bet. Yeah, well, I wanted to talk to you about dahlias. Uh-huh. Um, we just planted them for the first time. They were tubers mm-hmm. in the spring, mm-hmm. and they bloomed um, like mad. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I know we have to dig them up, and uh, we don't have a cold spot, like a cool spot to put them in. Mm-hmm. We have a garage that's attached to our house. Mm-hmm. So have you had a frost, a killing frost yet, or are they still blooming? Yes. Yes what? Yes a frost? Yes. Okay. So once the dahlias have been frosted and the leaves have turned black and, the, and basically the plant collapses... Get out your digging fork, dig up those tubers, lay them out on some newspaper in your garage for a couple of days. After that, they'll dry down a bit. Cut off any of the dead foliage. Carefully get some of the soil, you know, without damaging the tubers, but just get any of that chunky soil off. And and yes, if you have a garage that's attached to your house, all you really need to do is get like a kind of like a Rubbermaid container, that idea, the the plastic uh, box. Fill that up with brand new sterile, either peat moss or potting mix or something that's clean and sterile, not soil from the garden. Take those dormant dahlia tubers that have now dried down and are cleaned up and moisten the, the dahlia, sorry, the, the peat moss, if that's what you're using yeah. or potting mix, bury those tubers down under that, that, whatever that mix is that you put into the <clears throat> container. Put a lid on it and leave it in the garage. If Depending on the kind of winter we have, they will die if they freeze, but if they're buried in a good-sized container surrounded by peat moss or potting mix that's slightly moist, they're very likely to survive in the in a good-sized box in your garage. And then check them every now and then, every month or so, particularly if it gets really cold, put a, put a, a, a thermometer out in your garage because they will not survive if it goes you know 10 or 20 below out in the garage. But they will yeah. survive as long as it stays, you know, zero and above. So they have, what about the moisture? The, we we, we uh, put a lot of water on them initially, like moisten the soil. No, now, not a lot. Sorry, for, for putting them away for the winter? Yeah. No, you don't want them too wet. They will rot. You don't want them too okay. dry. They will shrivel up. There's a fine line. Yeah. So will that be good for the whole winter then? Yep. And then you pull them out in March, find some pots that they'll fit into and start them indoors in pots in preparation to get them outside once you're frost free, uh, March or April, depending on what kind of light you have, you know, windowsills, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we have to, like, we have about nine of them. And so we don't divide them up. Not now. No, no, you could divide them before you pot them up next spring, but I would, I would minimize any damage to the tubers prior to putting them away for the winter because they, you open wounds on the, on the tubers, uh, diseases can move in and they can rot. Okay. Now, 
Uh, uh, Joanne, sorry. <laughs> What's that, sorry? An eye. An eye, yeah, they will. They're a little different. They're not... Um, yes, next spring, call me next spring and we'll talk about what to do. Get them, let's get them through the winter first. And then if, if you're in good condition next spring, when you open up the box, call me and we'll talk about how to, to do the dividing then. Yeah, Joanne, we have to okay, kind of end it there. There are other, other folks waiting on the line to, uh, get words into thanks Charlie. Thank you for your call. Thank you for the call though and good luck with all of that. Uh, going to deal with a, an email, Charlie, mm-hmm. from oh. Barbara Baxter. She says, good morning. I live in Scarborough near the lake and was wondering if it's too late to sow grass seed to fill in the area that was previously a garden, now clear of all plants, approximately 7 by 12 feet. Gee, with this weather, I would think it'd be okay, but what do you say? Well, okay, so it's from Ellen, actually, at the bottom. Oh, I know. I missed that. It's always confusing. <laughs> so thank you, but also <laughs> okay. note the date on this email. This was an early October email that we're just getting to now. So if you haven't already either purchased mm-hmm. sod or sown grass seed in the 7 by 12 area, go ahead and do it. Uh, the wonderful thing about grass seed is that it will wait. It will wait until conditions are perfect for it to grow. So even if you get grass seed out today and it doesn't grow in the next week during all this nice warm weather yeah. and it gets cold and stays cold for the rest of the winter, the grass seed is likely to still be there in the spring and will grow in the spring once those conditions are right. So let's make sure that when you do put it down, you've put down some good top dressing, we mm-hmm. call it. Like a, There's some very nice soils out there that are called lawn top dresser in bags, perfect design just for what you're doing, filling in areas in our lawns. Get a nice blend of grass seed that will grow where you want it to grow, whether it's a sunny spot or a shady spot or mm-hmm. a high traffic spot. Choose a good blend. Get that grass seed out there. And then, again, keep the hose out. You're going to have to moisten that uh, and keep it moist if you want it to grow this year. And, of course, spring rains will likely do the moistening for you next spring. All righty. All right. Okay, Charlie. Uh, boy, we've got a number of areas we're heading to, but we're going to stay home for this time around. <laughs> Helen, right here in Toronto, maybe just around the corner. Helen's on the line. Good morning. Hi, Helen. Morning. 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 I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I have an outdoor plant I want to bring in. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about the COVID. Does it get into it? Nope. No? Nope. Oh, wonderful. Is it, is it an outdoor plant in a pot? It's an out, It's a little pine tree oh, but, I want to bring in for the winter. Okay, but why would you want to bring a pine tree inside? Because it's a type of tree that won't withstand the winter. Okay, so it's a Norfolk Island pine? Yes, it okay. is. Okay. Uh. So, and it's in a pot right now? Yes. Okay, perfect. And is it, uh, like, on your balcony or out on your front or back deck, or where is well, it? Well, it's on my, it's out on my patio. Okay. Outside. Um, yeah, the, the question about COVID and plants came up last Easter. Because there was this whole thing about, you know, decorating the church or yeah. because churches were closed, delivering flowers to people for Mother's Day and for um, Easter and questions around, is there a chance that a virus would travel on plants? The, I did a lot of research then. The likelihood of a virus surviving on plant tissue is very, very low. And then again, how would the virus even get there in the first place? Yeah. Unless somebody who has tested positive sneezes on the plant. And so, you know what I mean? It's got yeah. to get there in the first 
first place. Very, yeah, very, very unlikely. So I would not be at all concerned. But if it's been outdoors all summer, do give it a, a bit of a wash before mm-hmm. it comes in. Straight water out of the hose, foliage, and right through the pot. Let it drain right out of the pot. Soap and water is even better, just to clear off some of the dust and the dirt and any little spiders, anybody who's hiding in the plant. Just do a little clean and, and then a rinse through with clean water and then let it drain outside. Beautiful to do this in the next day or so and then inside for the rest of the winter. But make sure you get it in a sunny spot, bright spot in your house. Okay, oh, Helen? yes. Well, I have a um, south-facing window where it's, it's all winter, so it gets Perfect. lots of sun. Excellent. Sounds great. Okay, thank, thank you, you en- Helen, very much. Enjoy. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Helen, because when when you first said, you know, it's a pine, you're going to bring it inside, uh, Charlie's eyes just going. And then and then when you said, oh, no, a but tropical in the case of Norway, pine, yes. uh, Norfolk pine, Island Norfolk pine. Island, okay. A nip, we call those nips. Right. Norfolk Island pine. As we say goodbye to uh, Helen there, <laughs> we uh, have another line free, of course. So, give a call to uh, talk to Charlie in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Hey, old pal John in Mississauga. (laughs) How do you know? There must be more than one John in Mississauga. Maybe there's more than one John in Mississauga. (laughs) We'll find out here. I recognize his voice when he says hello. Hey, John, good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. That's more than one John and Mr. Sag, but uh, I always think I'm the special one. You are the special one because you are the only John and Mrs. Saga that we we speak with with any regularity. Uh, Charlie, um, with the, this nice weather, I couldn't resist yesterday, so I went out and I wanted to something to do. Mm-hmm. So I start pruning my um, my fruit tree. Okay. Um, the bambanella, to tell you the truth, it's got. The shoots or the branches, if you will, there. Some of them are five feet vertical going yeah, up. Yeah. And I pruned quite a bit of them. Mm-hmm. To be honest, you, my neck is so sore. <laughs> but anyhow, um, is it a good idea? No. No. You know why? Because it's so mild. Remember what happens when we prune. When we prune, the plant responds by saying, oh my goodness, we have to not only heal that wound, but now we're, because of the way the hormones are moving in the plant, uh-huh. it's going to want to put out some new growth. And winter's coming. So the last thing we want to do is promote new growth on any of our outdoor plants at this time of year, because if it does succeed in actually forming some new little buds or new little Mm -hmm. tips, cold weather's coming and that those tips and buds are likely to get frosted off. So generally, when it comes to fruit trees, we radically prune them. And I get you with your five foot, we call them water spouts, right? When they go woo straight up, yeah. um, do those, get those removed, but try, look for a nice day in late February, early March. In March, yeah. 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 Well, this is the first time that I've done this, but <laughs> I, I tell you, now I, now I stop. Okay, so stop. Said, I have to find something else to do. Well, how about, day. have you fertilized your fall, fertilized your lawn? yet? Um, I'm waiting for Monday or Tuesday, Charles. Mm. I have a lot of leaves in the, uh, uh, in the backyard. Good. Yeah, there you go. That's your job. Get those leaves looked after. Most uh, I will. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know Thanks, what's, John. Thanks oh, for right. calling, John. Take care. And you know what's one yep. more thing for anybody who is so caught up with all their garden activities that they don't know what else to do? Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, now is an excellent time to fertilize your trees. 
So you're deciduous, like your maple, your oak trees. This is an excellent time. If you are the kind of person who does fertilize trees, do it now. Do uh, what you would normally do in the spring. Do it now because all the research has shown that if you do fertilize in the fall, the plant, it, because it seems counterintuitive that aren't we going to promote new growth? But we aren't really because there's just not enough translocation or liquids moving up in the trees. Right. Everything's moving down. So the fertilizer you apply now literally just sits and waits till the spring. Oh. And as soon as that sun starts to shine and the birds start to sing, the tree starts to move all those liquids from its root, its carbohydrates right. that were stored all winter, from the root up to the tips to grow. And there you've got all that nice nutrient. So you do that proper preparation for, for springtime for that all to happen. Yeah, well, and it's going to happen anyway. Like yeah. that's the physiological normal mm-hmm. thing. But you add the nutrient now, it is still there in the spring and it is inside the tree, ready to go, and woo, your tree is just takes right off. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, <laughs> we have to take a next little break here, Charlie, but we'll be back to say hi to Leslie calling in from Hamilton this morning here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Charlie, let's hop along to Hamilton and say hi to Leslie on the line. Good morning, Leslie. Hi, actually, it's Yasmin. Oh, Yasmin, hello. Okay, no worries. That's okay. I love love your show. I've been listening for years. Mm. I have uh, a challenge. Uh, A couple of years ago, I bought eucalyptus and I killed it. Mm -hmm. I've done it again this year. (laughs) It's drying. The leaves are drying. What should I be doing? Well, okay, so where have you got it? Um. I had it in the bathroom because I thought with the moisture and, and you know, um, it, it would do well. But then I read that it should be in a sunny window. So I have moved it to a sunny window. It's kept moist. The soil is moist, but okay. the leaves are drying up. Okay, so the reason I'm going slow here is because I've never grown a eucalyptus plant. Oh, okay. So uh, that's why I'm just. And I have this. I have this. This issue with me. If something dies, I want to try it again. <laughs> you like the challenge, eh? Well, okay. So, I mean, eucalyptus certainly is used as a cut flower. We get it all the time in yes. bouquets yes. and such. Now that this is a tree, like this plant wants to be a well, tree. This is actually a seedling, but it can get to become a tree in, in certain mm-hmm. areas. But I've seen them as two and three feet uh, tall plants. In some of the nurseries, but mine is a very small six-inch seedling. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm just looking here quickly. Um, grow now, saying here, of course, that you can grow them on Vancouver Island for yeah. <laughs> outside, <laughs> um, but indoors. So let me just look up eucalyptus. It was doing well outside. Yes, it probably was. This is what happened to me the last time too. As soon as I brought it in. I mean, not as soon, but within a short while. Um, okay. I found it was drying, drying out. Okay, so of course it's going to need. You got it in lots of sun. Yes. Good. And now, it, just quickly here, it's saying that it, you know it does make a very pretty indoor plant. Uh, it is a heavy feeder, requires full sun, highly adaptable. However, most important is basic feeding, lighting, and watering. So, yeah, and the soil is moist. Okay, but uh, so, so that might be one of those. I know it needs a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Um, it well, seems to be in, in a nice sunny spot, but I just do you keep? I, is it in a pot with drainage? Yes. Good. So, when you water, does the water drain right through the drainage holes? Sometimes. 
Okay, so if it's feeling moist on the surface to your fingers, don't water it. Wait until um, the surface of the soil is feeling a bit dry, but there's a bit of a still sponginess in the soil, so it's not like a yeah. bone dry, but there's still a bit yeah. of sponginess. Then it's time to water, and it's time to water thoroughly so that the water drains out the drainage holes. with room temperature water so it's been sitting out for at least a day or two and just off the top of my head this sounds like a good um, sort of a plant to provide a pebble tray so that's that tray of pebbles where the pot sits on top of the gravel so you take away that saucer that it might be sitting in now it might, okay and you okay. sit the pot with the drainage holes, etc., on top of the gravel, and you keep water around the gravel at all times. So you've got that okay. extra humidity happening around the plant. So that okay. way, again, you only water when you get to that point where the surface is dry, and there's, but there's still a bit of sponginess. And when you water, the water will drain out the drainage holes and then fill in around the gravel. But make sure you always keep water in the gravel for the winter. Okay, so with the dry leaves now, should I... Take them off the plant. Are the dry? Wait till they fall off naturally. Are they more on the tips or at the bottom? Like old growth, new growth? Um, no, the newer growth. The newer growth has got dry tips. Yeah, and I think being more tender, they dried faster, right? And the other growth looks pretty good. It's still flexible. The the older no, growth. No, it doesn't look pretty good. It looks pretty sad actually, <laughs> but not as sad as the tender growth. <laughs> All right, it's never a good sign when the newest growth looks crispy or, or unhappy. So on principle, I'd get out my sharp pruners and I would cut the whole thing back, cut those tips back, and you're going to yeah. try and force a new growth, which you're going to care for very carefully, um, when it happens. If, and if there is life in that root, it will, it will grow more new growth, but you're going to have to cut it back to make that happen. Okay. But should I cut the entire, the, the entire stem down to mm, the bottom? No. No, you gotta leave no. some, some green on there. So it's a little, okay. well, you said it's like only six inches tall. So take off yeah. an inch. Like, don't take off much. Okay, Barb, okay. we have to kind of leave it there, my love, because we're just okay. running out of time right. for this thank segment, okay? Yeah, that's Yasmin. Yeah, thank thank, you. Let, let us know how that works. Alrighty. Thank uh, you. And we will return to the phone lines and uh, try and squeeze in an email or two in our final segment coming up very shortly. But uh, let's take a little break right here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Uh, Charlie, let's say hi and good morning to uh, Franny Pontillo, who uh, her full name is Francesca. It's an email. We're trying to do our best to catch up on those. (laughs) Good morning, Charlie and Frank. I listen every week. Love your show. Um... I have both sheep manure and lime for the soil to put in soon. I've got a 50 square foot uh, of garden. I've got 15 bags of manure, four bags of lime of two pounds each, and I'd like to put it in soon and turn the soil, then put more manure in the spring before planting. What can I do to make my tomato produce a lot more fruits? There you go. She'll be listening, she says. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like this past uh, tomato crop was not what Franny was hoping yep. for. So she maybe went to her local garden center, told them that the, she'd had these, what we call blossom end rot. So that's where the, you know, you get tomatoes get black and, mm-hmm. and you can't eat them. They're completely inedible. And she was recommended to get some calcium into her soil. So they sold her a bunch of lime. I personally would not put a lot of lime. I wouldn't put a lot of any soil amendment into any soil until I've done a soil test. Mm-hmm. You need to know what you're up against because you can really mess up your soil's chemistry by adding too much 
of something that's going to modify your pH dramatically. You can never overdo organic material, so that you can always add lots of. But um, lime, I'd be hesitant. So number one, let's do a soil test. It can just be a simple pH soil test. So that's go to your local garden center, go mm-hmm. to, they, they have little meters, just like a moisture meter. There are pH meters. Do it yourself. Find out your, your actual pH. For optimal tomato growth, you want your pH to yeah. be between 6 and 7 adding lime, you're going to push your pH up and you start getting it up to seven and a half or eight, you're not going to grow tomatoes or anything in that soil. So be careful. Don't add a bunch of lime without testing first. And remember, a a nice gentle way to get calcium in for our tomatoes, save your eggshells. Right. Even in the winter, just stick them in a bag, throw them in the freezer, you know, after you open, yep. crack open an egg in the spring, crush them all up into little, you know, small chunks. When you plant your tomatoes, sprinkle those eggshells around the tomatoes and you are adding an absolutely natural source of calcium around your tomatoes. That will avoid blossom end rot as they slowly decompose. But one of the most important reasons why we get that rot, that horrible, mm-hmm. inedible tomato is from inconsistent water. So, you're going to grow tomatoes. Don't be going away for a month. You've got to stay home and you have to water consistently. If we don't get rain, you have to water. And of course, plants in pots or raised gardens dry out faster than plants in the ground. So, you've got to stay on top of that. You will, that's the best way to avoid blossom end rot. Add some very natural calcium. Also, buy some fertilizer, tomato fertilizer with calcium before you add a bunch of lime. I'm just a little hesitant. I've had too many uh, customers over the years who, back in my retail days, who really messed up things by adding too much to their soil, and it took years to get it back into a fertile situation. Good points. Okay, all. Um, well, Barbara in uh, Alden. Good morning. Aiden, well, I think. It is. Aiden? I think. Uh, oh, well, let me check that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> morning. Barb knows where she is. Yeah. Hi, morning, Barb. Where are you friend. calling uh, from? We just have a problem with a cedar hedge, mm-hmm. and then it's going brown. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Going brown, like at the top in the middle. Um, is there uh, some way we could correct that? Okay, so in the middle is perfectly normal. Cedars, um, we call them evergreens, but they don't actually keep their leaves forever. So the older growth will turn brown, and that's when you put your gloves on and you comb uh-huh. your, or you get a broom and you brush out the, the very naturally browning interior growth of a cedar. If the tips are turning brown, we're, we're more worried. So top tips, side tips, any outer edges of a cedar should be green. And then if the inside's brown, there's nothing to worry about. Oh, okay. Like, should um, is it not now not a good time to be trimming them? No, no. Just like I was saying with them um, when John called from Mississauga. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, you're best to not do anything that's going to cause a plant to want to grow. So okay. hold off. I like to hold off with any of the evergreens, particularly until they are actively growing. So it might be May, it might be June, and then go to town, trim all you want. Uh, the plant will respond quite well at that time of year, and make sure, of course, the soil. Oil is in good condition. You fertilize, you water, you do all the other things to keep the plants in good condition. Okay, so um, they should be watered well now before freezing? Yeah, well, I don't know when our freezing is going to come, but uh, depending on how well-drained your soil is and how hot and sunny it is at your house, keep your hose out until we are into cooler weather and make sure all the evergreens are well-watered. Okay. Okay. And, Barb- and you should... 
<laughs> Sorry, Barb. We we have to kind of limit it there. Okay, they're running into several questions for one call, so uh, we're trying to. Our I know best what to, happened to our one question uh, yeah, per call. Yeah, I don't know, but well, they're folks saying, get a little excited and same they subject. They've trapped you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You're theirs for the moment. <laughs> uh, Elaine, I'll bet you it's a beautiful day in Bob Cage. And good morning, Elaine. We are so blessed, especially with yard work and the oh, opportunity no to get things out of the garden. So right. I'm going to try and make it quick. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for your program. Thank uh, you. Last year, I think it was last year, you identified an American bittersweet vine mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> and so we missed one. And so we're up 15 feet trying to get all the berries and everything. Anyway, in the meantime, I found out that the entire plant is basically toxic, so we're wondering how would you dispose of it? Uh, okay, so you think it, it's um, toxic. Except the berries, apparently rabbits and some yeah, animals can, but it is, it is uh, all parts of it are mildly toxic. So. Uh, yeah, because I always think of bittersweet as a wonderful uh, supporter of wildlife because uh, the, the, for just that purpose. The um, berries are great. Um, right. Let's see here. Toxicity. Um, oh, sorry. So I just went to we a great website here. So Cut it up and put it in a bag and throw it in the dump or yeah. do you take it to toxic waste? Or no. I don't want to burn it because maybe the vapors are mm. not going to be good. No, I would I would bag it, plastic bag it preferably, and uh, get it off to the landfill and it will quite it'll die quite nicely in a plastic bag sealed up. But you're going to have to dig the root as well because it oh, will yeah, we'll grow back. Oh, yeah, we'll pull it out with a tractor. Oh, all right. Oh, okay, good. Lucky thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, maybe there's time. Oh. Thanks for calling. Yep. Bless your heart for calling. Yeah. And you know what? We're we're just about fresh we're out of racetrack. Just about. So. Yeah, I can't can't believe we uh, still have uh, an email holding over, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Hilda on the line from Toronto. Hilda, I'm sorry, love. Uh, we just ran out of time. Mm-hmm. And please call early next week. We'll get you on. Right. That's right. Call early. Call often. And, That's right. And be very focused with your questions. And <laughs> I didn't have one new caller. Ah, you yeah. no exercise for you. But I I'll know. buy you breakfast. Oh. It'll, it'll be fine. It's your turn. For dry toast Pheasant and water. under glass. Yes. No, well, like I said to you, I, I, I can support Mo, Movember or I can support your breakfast. Uh, you know, you uh, tell me. Okay, I'll go cheapy on the breakfast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Thank couldn't you, Charlie. Couldn't do any of this without you and your help. Couldn't do it without Carlos's help either, so thank you. Great callers. Keep those questions coming. Keep them focused. Yes. The more focused and clear the question is, the quicker we can answer it and move on to the next caller. So exactly. So happy to hear from you and you can send email we're getting to them slowly but surely c.dobbin at mzmedia.com excellent see you all again next week this has been an exclusive podcast of the garden show with charlie dobbin heard every saturday morning at nine on zoomer radio the new am 740 this podcast is proudly produced and presented by the zoomer podcast network home of great podcasts like marilyn lightstone reads Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.